Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. We have merch. Check out the AmericanGlutton.net shop. We've got T-shirts, hoodies, hats, and more. A number of people have come up to me wearing American Glutton merch, and nothing fills my heart with more pride than seeing somebody in one of these T-shirts. And I've been stopped on the street and asked where to get it when somebody sees me in an American Glutton hoodie. Well, you can get it all at the shop on AmericanGlutton.net. And my favorite T-shirt, yesterday it was tomorrow, right now, is up now Get it while supplies last. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. My guest today is Beth wilkes Ferraco. She is a certified fitness nutrition coach, certified personal trainer, certified functional strength coach, and she makes badass videos on Instagram. You can find her on Instagram at Beth Ferraco Fitness. Beth Wilkes Ferraco, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. Thanks for having me, Ethan. Thanks for joining me. I love your energy. I've watched your YouTube video, your, sorry, your Instagram videos. <laughs> I don't know. Are you doing YouTube too, or is it all Instagram? No, just Instagram okay. and TikTok. Yeah, me too. I don't understand YouTube. Instagram, I can figure out. It's just all on my phone. I yeah. feel like you need a computer and a camera Dude. for there, there's too much editing and shit. Like, I don't have time for that. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> you know, you know? But they're they're super inspirational, and um, I had some questions, and I wanted to know because I, I'm sober. Also, I know uh -huh. you're sober. You say that openly yep. on your videos. Um, so for me, I I got sober. I had to get sober first. I I, I got sober, but I had my my first issues in life were with food, mm -hmm. and and then 
I had f- substance issues and food issues. And then I got sober because I was going to die very fast from not being sober. Mm-hmm. And it took me um, about a year being sober before I like woke up one day and was like, oh, I have something else that I need to focus on. Yeah. And then it took me almost 15 years before I realized, oh, these are very similar things. I'm, I was yeah. not thinking about my relationship with food in the same way at all as I was. And, and it is different because I cannot be abstinent from food, but my behavior, my compulsions were exact, basically exactly the same. Yeah. Um, was that something you came to? Is that similar for you? Because I don't know. I'm always walking around going, I'm just fucked. I'm alone. No, no. I'm a man standing on an island <laughs> by myself and I'm fucked. So I want to know if no, you have a similar um, thing. Yeah, actually. So when I became sober, I didn't even focus on my like nutrition or food until actually a year after. Yeah. To be honest. No, I, I don't. Yeah. I also don't think ever. I, I don't think it's a good idea to do everything all at once. Yeah. Like, let's do one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think addiction, I have addiction personality, really. Like, you know, when I was drinking, I was having disordered eating that was coinciding with my drinking. So I would do like these crazy fad diets um, that were required to quit alcohol because I was like, okay, I need to stop drinking. The only way I could stop drinking was to like do some fucking crazy fast for two weeks or the whole 30 or something like that. But then when I immediately quit that diet, I started binge drinking again. So it always went back and forth. And then when I quit drinking, I immersed myself in running and not in a good way. Like (laughs) I'm like, all right, I'm running a 5k every single day. And then let's get shin splints and plantar fasciitis. Um, So it had to, it's a long road of, of finding balance. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is a weird thing. But for the longest time, I I thought of my struggles and issues with eating as these uh, acute issues that if the, you know, like my problem is that I have 300 excess pounds. If I get rid of 300 excess pounds, I no longer have a problem. And then the problem kept coming back. And I was like, what am I doing wrong here? And when I just change my perspective, oh, no, the problem is my behavior. That's yeah. the problem. Mm-hmm. If I change my behavior and then or at least focus on changing it and then tackle this problem, 300 pounds and then work every day forever, as long, you know, it's a it's not, you know, I have yeah. not found that these problems disappear. This is no. like a, a work in progress for the rest of my yeah. life, um, which is not something people generally want to hear or confront mm-hmm. or think about you know most people i talk to are like give me a one sentence answer on what you did so i can then replicate it and it's like right. buddy that's 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 not possible no you have to create a lifestyle that you individually can stick to forever like and everyone right. has their own individual way of you know being uh, having a healthy lifestyle and i think that's what's wrong with the crazy diets and stuff is like they're they're geared towards one thing and that's complete restriction it's not lifestyle like you you can't live like that doing these crazy diets and exercising like a maniac so you have to find a happy medium that works for you and health is just something that we everyone should be focusing on but it doesn't have to like health doesn't equate to misery and right. i think a lot of people feel like they need to be absolutely fucking miserable in order to be healthy yeah there's almost like i'm going there's a a mixture of like i'm going first of all 
the state I was in seemed so bad that it only would make sense to me if getting out of that state was the most painful, awful thing. Like I have to make up for this almost by punishing myself. Well, that was part of it. And, and then like, I just expected that state to disappear. You know, it was like uh, Bodhi sitting under the banyan tree or whatever he did (laughs) for years and years and years until he achieves enlightenment. I kept going like, I've lost hundred pounds. Where's enlightenment? It's mm-hmm. not the way it's like, and then there would be times where I would feel like, oh, I've done it. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And you know, that feeling also just didn't last. Yeah. It's, I mean, it sucks, man. It's, it's hard, right? Some days yeah. I'm like, fuck, I gotta, I gotta do leg day again. Right. For like yeah. A fucking eighth hundredth time in a row. Is, is this ever going to end? No, it's not. Right. But I also know what's on the other side of that. And it's not fun. Yeah. No, so it's leg like, okay, day. let me. Leg day is fucking brutal for me. And don't you want to just do like the be all end all leg day where you're like, oh, my God, I've done it. I never have to do this again. Like, you know, it's like people with a a marathon. There are people, I think, who become like obsessed and they Mm -hmm. love running and then they're just runners and they run all the time and they are excited to do lots of marathons. I think for me, I am not a runner. I can't run. I have flat feet and bad knees and like all the reasons why i'm not i'm truly not i don't like it i don't like Mm -hmm. running it's not something i'm going to do but if i did and i ran a marathon i would never run a marathon again that would be it i would be done you know and it's not like leg day leg day is forever i've got two i've got leg day twice a week for the rest of my life right totally yeah which is it's it's a it's a kind of a a rough thing to think about you know Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean like for me to say it to you today it's just what I've confronted and what I've come to terms with. And I'm very happy that I did because like now I've got a number of years under my belt where in practice it's working out for me and it's actually not painful. Like we talked about this belief that we have to do something so hard. It's really not right. But that's just a matter of perspective, I think, because it's very easy to have a perspective where it's like, no, I want to do a diet for 30 days and then be done dieting and never diet again. Yeah. Good luck with that. Right. Doesn't get us anywhere. (laughs) Right. Totally. Doesn't get us anywhere. Um, What do you think of (laughs) what are your thoughts (laughs) on diet culture in general? I I imagine Um, you're not a fan. No. I mean, especially because, you know, Diet culture has fucked people's relationship with food up so bad. I mean, I've worked with people that have not eaten a banana or a potato for like five years, you know, or they're afraid to have a piece of bread. It's like, you guys, this is food, like healthy food. Um, But you've done like keto or whatever, these diets with these rules. Um, You know, there should be no rules. There should be some guidelines to follow, but all foods can fit. And I believe, you know, restriction ultimately does lead to binging. Yeah. You know, it's like if if you keep staying away from something, it's like a kid telling them not to play their games. They're going to be like, oh, my God, wait, where am I going to play the game? You know, and then they don't they won't get off their game. So it's learning to build that lifestyle that you can stick to have making food, all foods fit within moderation. And then, you know, some people do have trigger foods. Like for me, it's chips, right. anything salty and crunchy. If I buy it, I know I buy it with knowing that I probably will fill, finish the whole bag. You know, so I I tend to keep some certain things out of the house, but I won't stay away from them. I'll I'll buy them if I want them. So, you know, you have to know yourself and create those boundaries with yourself. And when you buy them 
like what what is your relationship with you buy them you you recognize like for me i buy stuff like that and i and i go like i'm not gonna you know if i tried to go like i want to buy this and have it last for the week i I know that's not true you know what i mean that's i I I do that too it's like yeah you know i'm gonna make this bag my favorite ones are those pretzels um what are they they have all the different flavors like the buffalo like the garlic the parmesan and I'll buy them like once or twice a year. But right. I, every time I buy them, I'm like, you know, maybe I'll just have a serving each time. It's like, no, I'll, I'll make a serving and then I'll put my hand in the back and keep and keep pulling it. It's like, what am I? I'm fucking lying to myself every time I buy them. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, the other thing about this conversation, which I think becomes tricky, is. Like you and I are talking about moderation and mm-hmm. for you, like you just said, I'll do that twice a year. And that's me. Like I like pizza and I'm mm-hmm. like, pizza is not, I'm not abstinent from pizza. Right. However, it is once or twice a year, like in, in being very, very honest once mm-hmm. or twice a year. Um, but I know like many years ago when I tried Tim Ferriss's diet and it was like laid out and, it, and it's actually a pretty rational diet, but mm-hmm. then he gives you a cheat day. For me, a cheat day was such a disaster. Yeah. And and then and then I read like, oh, I've done this. I've been doing his diet for two months. I haven't lost a pound. Like, what am I doing wrong? Oh, in that case, you re- reduce the cheat day to a cheat meal. I would still blow through eight, nine thousand calories in a cheat meal, feel sick for the rest of the day, not feel great Monday. And so, like, I do think. There can be a person out there who's struggling to whatever degree they are and hear us saying like, no, I'm not abstinent from pizza, but not realizing like, well, their version of not abstinent from pizza is pizza every day or, Mm -hmm. you know, still eating those chips. Like how how was it difficult for you to recognize it to achieve moderation? Because like Mm -hmm. for me, um, I definitely had a portion of time in my life where I was drinking to excess, but my drugs of choice were more opiates. Mm -hmm. And if somebody said like, well, you can just, you know, pop into the dentist and get a prescription filled twice a year, that would not work. Right. And so like, how do you, how do you manage that? Um, you know, I have these things where it's like, okay, if, if I'm eating something like pizza and stuff, although I did have like four or five slices the other night at my son's birthday party, but uh, you know, that was out of the norm. Um, I will sit undistracted and have everything portioned out on a plate, you yeah. know? And I always think, you know, I can always have more tomorrow. Like instead of having that scarcity mindset, having that abundance mindset and telling yourself, you know what, I'm actually really comfortable right now. The pizza is not going to go anywhere. I can have some for tomorrow. And so that it's like the same thing with alcohol for me. It's like, you know, I don't have to have a drink today, but if I want to drink tomorrow, I can have one. And so I've been saying that for almost nine years. Right. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. I I do a similar thing. My, my, the way I get through it is that uh, the behavior for me that was really dangerous was that I would eat just way in excess of Mm -hmm. what I needed to be eating. So if I have pizza, I have a portion that still doesn't exceed my daily calorie. You know what I mean? It it still fits in somewhere. I'm not getting a large pizza for myself. If, if it's a, 
if they're doing personal size pizzas and and that's like eight or nine hundred calories, then yeah, I'll eat that. Mm-hmm. But I'm still not blowing, you know, because yeah. I can I could get into five thousand, six thousand calories in a day, no problem if mm-hmm. I just took all the regulators off. So I, I do a similar thing, which is which has worked for me. But it, but even still, it's very it's- rare. Yeah. And it's also it takes a lot of mindfulness. It's like we really have to pay attention to how we're feeling instead of just plowing through our food and really actually enjoying it instead of just, you know, eating it so fast. You're like, oh, my God, okay, I don't know if I'm I still want more more. Um, So being, you know, eat your food slowly, fucking enjoy every bite, taste it. Yeah. Yeah. That word mindfulness was a word that prior to actually being in it and realizing that I was doing mindfulness, mm-hmm. it drove me fucking crazy. I was like, these fucking people with their mindfulness, <laughs> no, what know, the fuck right? do they know? Um, Seriously, it yeah. sounds like a total hokey, right? Right. But then one day, like I was in the middle of like doing maintenance and really learning what my body required as far as fuel goes for a day mm-hmm. and like what was going to be like, okay, I'm going to practice not losing weight. Also really fucking hard. Oh, dude. Seeing yeah. yeah, seeing no decline on the scale is mm-hmm. is torture. I want to yeah. see a lower number. And so I'm working towards maintaining my weight, getting on the scale a few times a week. And it's driving me crazy. All of it is really rough. It's yeah. like a diet. You're you're actually doing a diet to not lose weight. It's fucked. Yeah. Um, maintenance is hard for so many people. And that's because everyone's used to trying to be smaller. Yeah. But maintenance is the ultimate goal. Right. I and mean, it's the it, hardest one. To, it's so to, to hard. Do. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's that's the lifetime goal, right? Like I'm going to achieve I'm going to get to this place that I then want to maintain. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just really hard because I want to get to a place where I can just like take the governors off of life. But that doesn't exist for me. No. Um, <laughs> but like I realized one day. Doing maintenance that I I was like, oh, this is what they meant by mindfulness. I'm actually fucking doing mindfulness. And I felt like such an asshole for hating mindfulness for so many years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a constant state of mindfulness too and maintenance, right? right? Yeah. I mean, I I have to talk. And even today, you know, I've, I've been the same weight for five years. And even today, like I have to talk myself through, it's not every day, but there are definitely days where I'm like, I don't want to go to the gym. I have to think through that. I don't, you know, I I, mm-hmm. I get on the scale. That's upsetting. I look in the mirror. I'm like, God, you're so fat. Even though the scale's lying, it must be broken. Or it's like on a tile that's holding it up, that's throwing it all off. And it's lying to me. I know I'm fat. Like all of that. And and even eating my food like this sucks. I don't like this. And mindfulness pretty much gets you through all of that, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. if, if Absolutely. you're doing it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you could just be like me where you're like, fuck those people, hippies and all of this. <laughs> I know. Right. Totally. Yeah. Um, I imagine you get a lot of clients who are who have been in the cyclical yo-yo cycle. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how do you how do you navigate somebody who is looking for a finish line, looking for looking for it to not be a, a chronic thing that they're trying to tackle. Um, what What is that conversation like? It's like, okay, um, first we have to get away from like a lot of people come in wanting a number on the scale. Um, we have to focus on the action instead of the outcome because we can 
change our actions and control those, but we can't control the outcome. And a lot of people go into these diets with outcome results instead of they don't think about the action it's going to take. Um, and also the distorted thoughts they have about the scale number. Um, and learning that all foods can fit. Um, and everyone is really different when we work with them and understanding that this is a slow process. This is not like, let's lose 30 pounds in 30 days, folks. We're going to do that. Okay. Right. You know, you have to get used to that. There's going to be a lot of behavioral changes, a lot of unlearning and a lot of relearning because diet culture is really fucking loud. I mean, I still deal with it with my own self and, um, having a son that's going through pre-puberty and, you know, it, that's another portal hole, but um, a lot of unlearning and relearning. So knowing that, you know, we're going to be working on behaviors, your mindset, and that's going to take some time. So it's really, you know, focusing on the, the small wins, giving them small goals, because a lot of people come in with, um, you know, self-hatred, no self-efficacy. So it's like building that self-efficacy that you can achieve this. So giving them things that they know they can achieve right away. And like I said, it's a process. Yeah. How, how big a part does the not um, f focused on goals play? Because that is how I spent most of my life focused mm -hmm. on goals. And the goals were typically numbers or, you know, once in a while it would be like, I want to wear a size smaller pants, right. but that was way later. But the more that I think about this and, and talk about this, I, I do think fundamentally or foundationally that not having, not having, because I, I, I've talked to people where um, they get knocked off track because they're not seeing results. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and I don't know totally how to communicate about that other than like, I, I think the track is way more important mm -hmm. than the result also. Yeah, the journey. Yeah, but it's hard to convince people of that because like the only reason they're even getting on the track is to get a result. Right. I think focusing on more of a strength goal, you know, or, you know, maybe they want to run a 5K or something that is not scale related, but right. something that's going to make them focus on more how strong they are, that they're building muscle, focusing on what you can add rather than take away, like adding more fiber, adding more protein. And ultimately, those things will lead them to losing fat, but it's yeah. going to take a lot longer than they think it would because they're not doing some crazy fat diet. And when you're unlearning and relearning this, this shit takes time. Yeah. And that's the that's hardest great. thing for people to understand. Yeah. Yeah. The, the time factor, you know, for me, the time factor melted away a little bit when I stopped thinking that there was a finish line. Yes. yes. You know, because mm -hmm. when there was a finish line, who doesn't want to get to you want to get to the finish line fast you know yeah. you, like if we go, if we're doing something that ends and it's not exceedingly pleasant right mm -hmm. it, it can be better but like there especially if you're on anything restrictive if you're trying to if you're trying to lose fat there's going to be some restriction and yeah. then that isn't meant to be pleasant like i agree with right. you it doesn't have to be god awful but it isn't gonna be like the greatest, most yeah. fun time, but it could be formative. It could be a little bit uncomfortable. It. Right. And so like, why not want that to go fast? But yeah, that's not, uh, that hasn't proven to be successful for me. It's like, you got to stop doing the same fucking thing, hoping shit will change. Right? right. It's like, you know, these fad diets didn't work. So why do you keep going back to them? Yeah. Well, I, you know, and the, the, 
because I did that so much. Mm -hmm. And when I have conversations with people, not even necessarily on here, and, you know, sometimes I say my whole spiel and I see that they're like acknowledging me, but like it's almost a glazed over look in their eyes where I know like they're just going to go back to what they've done six Mm -hmm. times. I, I, I realized that the fad diet was successful because they did lose weight and that's all they're thinking about. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. not thinking, you know, maybe later when they gain the weight back, they might say, I can't believe I did this again and I just need to lose the weight again. Do you know what I mean? It is. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. because like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even on keto, it's crazy. You can lose weight on the scale and not lose fat. It can right. all just be water and glycogen and like you're purging yeah. your system of fluids and like the scale drops 10 pounds and even 10 pounds, you haven't lost any fat. That's possible. Right. Yeah. Um, And so like what a great incentive to keep doing that. Right. And then stops going down and you're eating 14 ribeyes a day and you're snacking on sticks of butter and it's like what but i'm not losing weight it stopped and i'm like okay well maybe you didn't lose any fat maybe you only lost water maybe Mm -hmm. you're just dehydrated and then they tell you to eat a shitload of salt and so you're retaining a little bit more water even and so you're not dehydrated Mm -hmm. anymore but your muscles don't have any stored energy and then you go off keto and you gain all the weight back really quick and you yeah. probably put on a little bit more fat. And then it's like, well, keto, I lost 10 pounds that first week of keto. I'm just going to do that again. You know, yeah. it, people don't understand the fat loss and scale weight loss are two, two different things. Yeah. And they have a skewed relationship with the scale and they're only looking at results based off scale. But which do you want your ideal body or your ideal weight? Right. Right. Yeah. They're two different things, you know, they might not be the same thing. Yeah, totally. How do you tell a girl that? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's a hard, it's hard, but we, we tell people all the time. It's like, okay. So, and, but when you say it that way, do you want your ideal body or ideal weight? They're like, oh, I never really thought of it that way. Right. 
So, you know, you, you got to get the protein strength train. Strength training is where you're going to see your body change. You can, you know, lose muscle and water and bone density doing it the crazy way, but then you're going to look skinny fat. Right. And yeah. you're going to be like, well, I, I did everything, but <laughs> I don't look any different. I hear that a lot. Like, okay, well, what were you doing? I was starving myself, doing a ton of cardio and, you know, therefore losing muscle, bone and a lot of water. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I I um I, I and I read recently that uh, Americans consume too much protein, and that's even with the the recommendation that it's so low. And so I think that's just a backlash because I think a lot of people like you and I are encouraging protein and yeah. and resistance training. And so, you know, if you're you know, if you're encouraging a vegan diet, then likely you're going to say you don't need a lot of protein or, or something like this. You know, I, I just think it's a marketing tool for someone. Yeah. I don't know who, but that's what I assume right. that is. Yeah. It's people aren't eating enough protein. I can tell you. It's like people are afraid of carbohydrates, but when I see their food logs, they're getting like 50 grams of protein per day. And that's like the mini minimum um, baseline. <laughs> like, so you don't fucking die, basically. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're not getting enough protein for sure, especially women my age. I'm in 51 and we're losing three to eight percent of our muscle every year. We've got to strength train and um, focus on protein for, you know, health, long term longevity. Yeah. What do you think of um, CrossFit for gals your age? Is that CrossFit is great. I think I think first people need to find something that they can stick to and that they love. Um, You know, a lot of people do get injured with CrossFit, but also it's a great community. Yeah. Is that strength training? I I don't, I'm not a personal trainer. Okay. When I go to strength train, my heart rate gets elevated while I'm lifting weights, certainly, Mm -hmm. but then I stop and I let it come down and, and then I recover and then I do another set. I've gone to do a CrossFit. I used to do CrossFit a long time ago. I got injured, but then my wife has recently started doing it. I went to do it with her and my my heart rate was pinned the whole mm-hmm. time. And I just w- wondered if I was actually just doing cardio. Yeah, it's a mix of strength and cardio for sure. Like those right. Metcons. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot. It's not easy. But I'm you see the muscle that. that those CrossFitters, you know, yeah. have. Yeah, no, they're jacked. The chicks are jacked too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so that's gotta be coming from somewhere. But I also wonder, like, I remember... Um, watching i think one of the guys who back when i was doing was named rich froning and i've never heard of him and he okay there there was another guy who i watched an interview with him and he was doing olympic lifts like he was primarily an olympic lifter Mm -hmm. who also was it wasn't rich froning it was some other guy but he was not you know CrossFit is sold as like you come in, you do a workout a day or three workouts a week or whatever, Mm -hmm. and that's all you have to do. And then if you look at the guys who are the winners of the CrossFit games, that's not how they're working out. They're not just doing a CrossFit workout once Mm, a day. They're they're working out all day long. Yeah. So I don't know if the... If the elite trainers, maybe the trainers at CrossFit gyms are just doing CrossFit to get right. I don't know. I don't know either. I'd, I've never personally actually even done CrossFit. Really? Yeah. Just strength training. Yeah. Yeah. CrossFit seems like a lot of cardio to me. It, it, yeah. It, I don't need to get injured at 50, 51. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, me too. I like, <laughs> I like to lift weights. I like my, my rest times. <laughs> yeah. No, you yeah. Know? In between sets is the best. Yeah, totally. Scroll your phone, you know, yeah. get some steps in. But yeah. Yeah. What is, uh, do you have rec dietary recommendations that you generally make for people you're starting out with? Um, we usually have them focus on protein and fiber. And then, um, you know, give them a calorie goal, depending on what their goal is, if it's fat loss. Um, some people don't start tracking right away. Some people will just get into an app and just learn about portions. I think we just have a skewed version of what portions are. And it's really eye-opening when people start to pay attention to the portions. So really, let's focus on what we can add. Because when we focus on what we can take away, that's the wrong route to go. And I... It helps people you know, heal their relationship with food when they start tracking and learning about what they can add, um, because most diets are like, you got to stop eating this and stop eating that. And people are like, I don't I don't think I can lose fat eating a potato. It's like, actually, it's one of the most low calorie satiating veggies you yeah. can have. So um, that usually helps. Yeah. By the way, good luck getting through a lot of potatoes if you don't add fat. Right. You know, like it's I'm, I'm seriously yeah, like, totally. sit down and try to get through two baked potatoes with no butter or sour cream or something. It's not fucking easy. No. Unless you air fry them. Uh, but then don't you need fat to air fry them? Can you air I fry just, them? Without I spray fat? them with uh, spray oil. OK, right. Yes, that might be easier. I, you know, I demonized carbohydrates for so long that when I allowed them back into my diet and was really measuring everything it was mm -hmm. eye-opening to me how much fat i was overeating yeah. um you know if i if i ate a bowl of pasta and didn't add sauce which is loaded with olive oil or olive oil or butter mm -hmm. it's not it wasn't something i was really able to overeat even white rice which is highly palatable yeah I don't want to eat much of that without anything else. Right. Um, but eyeballing a, a tablespoon of olive oil for me has been a disaster. <laughs> totally. You know, I'm pouring closer to a quarter of a cup. And, oh, easily. Yeah. And so that has been the area where I am trying to be the most diligent. Um, yeah. You know, I, I love eating avocado because it's got omega threes mm -hmm. and fiber, which seems like such a great twofer. Mix. Yeah. Yeah. And that is like, okay, for me, I just get half. That's a serving. Mm -hmm. And that's my fat for that meal. Like I don't also get olive oil, which is tough, you know? Right. It's like, which one the, do I want? <laughs> right. I used to pour the olive oil on the avocado. Um, and I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Um, Same yeah. thing with nuts. Yeah. Nuts are dead. Now people understand like nine almonds is like 200 calories. Right. I mean, who eats only nine almonds? Yeah. No, nine almonds doesn't come close to even a handful for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And so so when you start people off, you're trying to prioritize protein and fiber. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, are you not restricting anything else? Are you? No, no food no. rules, except, you know, let's focus on what we can add, like protein and fiber, which will keep them full right. and lots of nutrient dense filling foods. A lot of people, if they're not getting a lot of protein, they have a lot of sugar cravings. And once they actually have more protein and fiber, they notice those sugar cravings start to go away a little bit more. Right. I wonder if there's, I mean, I'm sure it's not. I I, I try to think about all the reasons like 
biologically that that these things are occurring and i wonder if it's that our bodies are turning some portion of the sugar the protein into glucose and that's why we're screaming at for i I don't know because you can't turn glucose you can't turn carbohydrates into protein but like what is that do you know what that mechanism is that because i experienced that too if i'm if Mm -hmm. i'm missing protein i do have a craving for carbohydrates yeah. which i wouldn't otherwise have proteins uh helps balance your blood sugar right. is one of the things so that's probably part of it and the keeping you full like if you were just to have a bowl of rice with no protein i'd be hungry like five minutes later yes for sure yeah yeah it is rough it's that slow digesting satiating yeah yeah a bowl of rice i wouldn't even love uh, a bowl love of rice by itself a bowl of rice with a lot of butter and salt that would, oh yeah butter no. and salt yeah i'll eat it all <laughs> but day. not just plain <laughs> right no a bowl of rice with that like really fatty and and viscous teriyaki sauce that who knows mm-hmm. there's probably cornstarch in it to make it thick <laughs> right oh my god that's the best mm-hmm. yeah and, and then are you you are super into weight training and resistance training mm-hmm yeah, and four days a week. Four days a week. Four girls, would you have them just doing structurally the same, you know, obviously oh, yeah. with less weights, but the same types of stuff? Same types. Like men and women can do the same types of workouts. Okay. So like push-pull legs for chicks. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Two upper body, two lower body is what I do. And there's no worry. Listen, I know when my wife... um says she doesn't want to look bulky and muscular mm. and i laugh at her as though so it's so hard to get so, bulky oh my god yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've been come, trying to get bulky for fucking five years right come work out with me three times and you're gonna look jacked um but chest chest there's no issue with gals doing chest just i, I mean you have be to lighter. really been doing it for years right you know i mean i i do chest gosh every week for five years now and you know i really don't see <laughs> massive chest gains right but you're maintaining your muscle oh yeah and maintaining building a little bit yeah oh yeah yeah that's awesome and i haven't gone purposely in like a surplus either right. you know i've been just at maintenance and sometimes maybe maybe over the holidays or you know summer i may be in a slight surplus but then i take it down a notch so it's not really like i've been focusing on getting bigger you really have to focus on getting bigger by eating a lot more Right. I I think the fact that we start to lose so much lean tissue as we age, you know, because there was a recent study about how the the metabolism doesn't really Mm -hmm. decline. It's just that 60s. Right. It's just that we slow down. We are moving less and we have less muscle mass, which Mm -hmm. all of that factors into the metabolism. Um, And also the, you know. Like, I, I'm totally torn on the new uh, GLP-1 drugs because mm. I think for people who are 600 pounds, this could be life-changing. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yep. But I think for people who are on the yo-yo diet track where, you know, you think it's totally fine if I lose the same 30 pounds over and over again, what you don't realize is that you're burning up lean tissue and you're not getting that back when you gain the 30 pounds. So in fact, your body fat percentage is going up. Yeah. So you're actually fatter. Um, And I just wonder if these drugs are going to actually exacerbate that. 
See, that's the problem. It's it, a lot of people are doing it for the wrong reasons. You know, I believe, you know, obesity is a disease and the people that have been struggling their entire life, and this is their life-changing moment to have those drugs. But if it's someone like you're saying, like consistently, you know, gaining and losing the same 30 pounds, they don't, they need to build a lifestyle that they can stick to instead of having a drug like that, where you're more prone to muscle loss because, you know, you're not hungry, <laughs> barely, you need to strength train, you need to get adequate protein, and you still need to focus on those habits. Right. Um, and it's one of those things that if you want to keep the weight off, you got to keep doing it forever, but also you may not have the body that you want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought, you know, I, um, the, the smallest I ever got to through diet when it was really doing like six to eight hours of cardio a day, I was riding bicycles and, uh, starving myself truly. Mm. Um, and my life sucked. I, I would, get up before everybody in my house and go off and ride my bike and get home around noon or one o'clock in the afternoon and wow. just be a mess for the rest yeah. of the day. Like, and I wasn't eating unless I was riding my bikes or, you know, mm -hmm. this was many years ago and they had something called Carbolite, which was like low carb frozen yogurt. I don't know if that exists anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what I would have for dinner, you know, wow. Carbolite. That's it. That was it. That was what wow. I did. And I got down to uh, just about 200 pounds. I'm 270 now. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember like when I got on a scale, I was like, oh, I fucking did it. Right. I was uh -huh. stoked. And then it, it wasn't very long before I was really unhappy with my body, mm. you know, but that could also be just my lot to be unhappy no matter what at certain times. Mm. You know, kind of like almost like body dysmorphia type stuff. Yeah, I, I've I've I think that today I'm I'm better equipped to deal with that because mm -hmm. when I, you know, because I will feel great some days and confident and then other days not. And I have to think about what the difference between those two days are because nothing has objectively changed. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember when I was very thin I was, I was not happy being mm. very thin. Can't hate yourself to skinny. I actually just made a video about that. Like really? loving yourself to health rather than hating yourself to skinny. Right. Because doing what you're doing, it's like you're hating yourself to get to this like super low weight, like six hours of cardio and a fucking carbolite yogurt. It's like, you know, and then you're still feeling like shit when you, you get to there, you're like, okay, well, this is, this is it. Yeah. Yeah, it was not, it was yeah. not manageable. It was not right. something that I could do forever, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Do you see that in your practice? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, even, I think we all have those thoughts too about ourselves. It, it's normal. Um, it's just when it gets to the point where it's taking over your life, you right. know, but yeah. And with people, how do you find out if foods are triggering? Like with people who are, who you are telling, you know, don't don't um you don't have to be abstinent from chips or pizza mm -hmm. or something like that do you think time away from those foods at first is good 
I think so. Some people do need to take time away from those foods. Yeah. And we also, they, you know, they will tell us, usually they'll let us know, I'm really struggling. Um, I'm having a hard time, like including chips. I can't, even the, the one serving that we try to tell them, you know, get the single serving bags. And if they're grabbing more single serving bags, it's like, okay, for maybe you need to keep it out of the house for a little bit and then introduce it back later when you have a healthier relationship with food. So yes, it's, it's a total process with some people for sure. Some people need to keep it away and then reintroduce it. And if they're still struggling, maybe, you know, try that again. Right. And you find people with young kids are having different issues. Oh, that's a good one. A lot of parents um, will buy their kids a lot of snack food. So it's like, okay, well, maybe you don't have to buy your kids all these snack foods. Like you are the adult, you make the decisions and you buy the food. So if you find that you're snacking in your kid's food, maybe buy them different snacks, maybe have more fruits and other things available to them, you know, ultimately. Yeah, I I think where I I failed in that area, because there were a few times where we tried to just implement our dietary changes on the household. Mm. And I think we became like enforcing it on our kids where I, I agree with you. We are responsible for, you know, to the point that they become at least somewhat autonomous yeah for what they eat we're going to the store we're buying the food we're stocking the house so yeah if if we're unhappy that they're eating you know corn pops or you know frosted flakes every morning and yet we continue to buy it that is on to some degree on our our shoulders mm-hmm. but if you if 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 it's a struggle that you're having with the cornflakes and you don't really care whether your kid's eating it or not you could still keep it out of the house and then if they go and do some barter system with their friend at school where it's like Mm -hmm. their friend brings a snicker bar and they bring crudite and they trade who cares if you didn't care in the first place also setting your environment up for success put those things out of sight out out of sight out of mind usually you know if i have something in the house that i know i'm going to overeat i usually just put it away where in the cupboard somewhere where i don't see it Um, if my son wants it, he'll ask me and I'll go in there and grabbing it. But usually like grabbing something is almost always instinctual or in the moment. Right. So you really having to think about it. I have actually some people will put it in a safety deposit box. Oh, that's cool. You know, seriously, it's like, you know, it's, if it's harder to get to, you're most likely not going to grab it. Right. It's usually when you're going through the kitchen and the bag of chips are right on the counter. Yeah. And in this same way, if you, I, I I think if, um, and I've seen it, uh, before with couples, um, where one of the people wants to get sober and the mm. other one doesn't, and maybe the other one doesn't need to, mm-hmm. but it can be really hard yeah. to, to be successful if your partner is continuing with the behavior that was what you needed to get successful from by by getting away from that how do you deal with that how do you navigate that Ooh, that's a, that's a tough one i think communication is huge a lot of people don't communicate the fact that they are really struggling they expect your significant other just to know like okay yeah i'm i'm going to quit drinking but you need to say more than that i need you to support me right now for a little bit during the beginning of this if you're going to drink maybe drink outside of the home not inside the home you know don't or if you know the continuously bring takeout home like you know can you just not do that right now like really have those tough conversations i think they're so important rather than just expecting them to understand you have to have those conversations yeah and i think that expectation 
can build up into resentments. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when sure. it hasn't even been communicated and the right. other person could not know, well, okay, you're not drinking or you're not eating mm-hmm. Pop-Tarts or, or whatever it is. It doesn't mean I can't. You just right. have to do you. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I mean, imagine if, if my, when I quit drinking, if I told my husband, this is like between life or death for me. Um, if he was to not respect that, I mean, what kind of relationship is that? You know, I, I, you have to take a look at those harder things as well. It's like, okay, well maybe this isn't going to work. If if you're going to be that way, like blatantly, like coming home with case of beer, knowing that I could possibly die if I have another drink then we need to take a look at our relationship and it sucks, but that's just, that's the real deal right there. Yeah. I, I, I sometimes get, I, and I don't think it's necessarily thought through and cognizant and analytical. I I think that it's often done subconsciously, but I'll see like more so with, in sobriety, I find it slightly more obvious wh- when one person has a, a real issue and um, they wake up and decide to get sober, but don't have that don't have that conversation or don't set boundaries with right. their partner. And yeah. maybe their partner really doesn't need to be sober also. But mm-hmm. if they don't, then it shouldn't be a problem for them to take a break or at least a break in the household right. for a period of time. Yeah. If that's so hard, then maybe they they need to take a look. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I almost think the person who's not having that conversation is just leaving the door open for their own failure. Eventually, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's yeah. not. I think that tackling any of these things requires an an awful lot of work and, and diligence yeah. and and that we are kind of we can be very invested in our own failure sometimes, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, too, a lot of people come to the point where it's like, OK, I need to do this for myself. And 
and knowing that this relationship might not work because of it. That's also a reason where I think people stay stuck. Yeah. It's because they're like, well, if I get sober and I really want to change my life, I'm really fucking miserable, but that might end my marriage. Right. Yeah. It's scary. It's scary as fuck. Yeah. Especially if the mar if it's not the marriage that was suffering, maybe you're, maybe you're suffering at work, but your marriage is just fine because right. your spouse is an enabler or, or whatever yeah. it is, or happy with you as you are. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot to think about. I mean, yeah. it's big life changes too. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, especially if this has been something you've been dealing with for quite some time, mm -hmm. you know, for me, it was something I dealt with for the entirety of my life until mm -hmm. I tried to do with it. Now I've been dealing with it in another way for the second half of my life. Right. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Beth, this has been such a fun talk. Thank you so much. And I really yeah. appreciate what you do. Your videos are amazing. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay. Talk to you later. Talk to you yeah. later. Were, were you going to say something? Oh, I was going to say, I think we're going to be in the same um, documentary together. Oh. Healthy yeah. Lies. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Because that is um, that is tackling basically everything we've just talked about, right? Yeah. Diet mm -hmm. culture. Diet culture. Diet culture in America. It's big business. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait for that to come out. Have you heard anything about when it's going to be released? I haven't. I still haven't even recorded. She has, still has to do a lot of that. I've been um, documenting and asking a lot of questions in my Instagram stories and collecting that kind of a date, that kind of data. But I'm not sure. She said something about the end of 2024. So okay. I don't know. Yeah. No, I know they're not even done making it yet. Right. Um, I, I, I don't know how these things work. Like if they get know. their release dates before they're done or not. Usually with movies, like they finish it and then they figure out when they're right. going to release it. But who knows? Yeah. Uh, that's knows? exciting. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Same. All right, dude. Talk right. to you later. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. And now for the Q&A. Today's question is from Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Stephen says, I have a lot of weight to lose and I'm unsure how to get started. I have moments of feeling motivated and moments of not caring. What do you think is a good step one? I really do want to make a change. He has a lot of weight to lose. He doesn't know how to get motivated. Step one, I think step one is to, you know, it's similar to the step one for an alcoholic is to, you know, admit your life has become unmanageable and that you require a change. Um, that really, I think, is an integral step one because... You know, until you do that, you, maybe it doesn't matter enough. You know, until you're looking really deeply and honestly at the situation, maybe it, maybe it's not such a big deal that you need to make a change. But if you need to, if you like admit that you, your life has become unmanageable because of this condition, that for me is a step, is the step one, you know, yeah. and then, um, I would talk to somebody and find a resource and find some way to begin. I, I can't tell you what the exact right diet is for you. You know, the more I think about the way I started uh, by doing a diet, which today I, I, I wouldn't do, and I have trouble recommending it. However, the benefit of it, I think, is that it gave me a win, meaning I did a liquid diet and I lost... 80 pounds in two months. 
And that was enough to let me know that I could lose weight, right? So if a guy's 500 pounds and he goes on, we were talking about somebody else asked about losing a pound a week and how hard that could be. If a 500 pound guy started doing a diet where he was losing a pound a week, I would be willing to bet that you wouldn't even be able to see it on the scale. Like that pound might not even show up on the scale. And there's so much excess fluid in a body that size that you could have such big swings that you wouldn't even be able to really chart a pound a week. Um, and so doing something more extreme at that size, I completely understand and getting a success under your belt. And I don't mean, you know, for me, success, I, I don't say success like you're done because I don't believe in a done. I believe that this is a forever condition. Um, meaning there will be some effort put into this forever. And the, the, when the effort is not put into it, you will revert back to the condition that you are now seeking to get out of. And so I think having an early success gave me the drive to continue, even though after that, I really did have big wild swings of I'd lose a hundred pounds, I'd gain a hundred pounds. But that was prior to me thinking about it in terms of forever. So, you know, kind of have a, a really honest, heartfelt conversation with your life, with yourself about whether your condition is such that you absolutely must change. And then I think do something extreme for a minute, keeping in mind that that doesn't, there's no finish line. That's just a tool. You know, you do something extreme and you kind of lower the, the amount of chaos in your life. Take all the choice out of it. Do one hard thing for a short period of time, knowing that the minute you're done, you got to figure out a new plan that might have to be more long term, right? You can't do a liquid diet forever. I've never heard of anybody doing just, they just stopped eating. They went super low calorie and they lived happily ever after. And that was just, they just never ate food again. And they didn't get so depressed that they killed themselves or something, right? Because I think that there are like, brain chemicals and serotonin and stuff involved in food. There are so many hormones going on that give us a reward for seeking out and, and getting food. And like, I don't, I just don't think you can naturally turn that off, um, forever, but like you can take a minute and do something extreme and be successful at it and see, oh, I can do something about this. There is something I can do about it. But know in the back of your head that I'm not looking for a finish line. I'm looking for a place where I have enough success to keep me going because I know I can be uh, bigger than this. I know I can take responsibility for it and then move forward and find a new plan maybe that is a lifetime plan that will get you to where you want to be. That makes total sense. Thank you for that. And Stephen, totally get it. Get where you're coming from. Let us know what you decide. And thank you for reaching out and asking this question. If anyone else has a question for Ethan, you can email us. The address is hello at americanglutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee. You can follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.